Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Well, hello there, and welcome to one of these years, our Detroit Lions podcast. You are not clicking on an old episode by mistake. I am Chris Burke filling in for Nick Baumgartner, who I think uh, just got home from his final wrist surgery (laughs) after his uh, combine spill. So I called in the backup here for one week and joined, of course, by Colton Pouncey. So Colton, uh, thanks for letting me hop back on. Crap, handing me the reins here. This is dangerous. I haven't done this in uh, a while. I haven't hosted it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun. Uh, So how about Nick? Because that's a final wrist surgery from the scooter accident, which was a result of your USFL bet. Is that that right? Uh, Yes. Is that the USFL bet? I think it was. Yeah, the fantasy league. You had to go get the food at the combine and wiped out. So, yeah, I mean, I think this was the last (laughs) one to remove – the pins or whatever they put in there, and then God, that was eight months ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. So he said he's good. He said his his arms numb for the rest of today, which is Thursday, and then should be back to normal. So uh, yeah, it's been a long process, man. That <laughs> was February. Uh, anyway, yeah. So he's obviously uh, out today and um, hopping in here to. I'm also not used to doing this when the Lions are good. We usually have a lot of things to talk about <laughs> right. with, like, yeah, who should they get rid of and which coaches are on the hot seat. So this is – I haven't done one of these when they've been uh, top to the vision by two games and, <laughs> and feeling pretty good about themselves. So, um, I mean, I guess we can just start there. I know you guys have talked about this a bunch, but, like, have you sensed any different – has the success changed anything there? Is the vibe still even keel the way it's been since Campbell got there, more or less? But it, has anything changed in the last five weeks that, that feels different to you? Yeah, I mean, you always wonder with a, a young team and their kind of first taste of success how they'll handle that. But honestly, like, walk around the locker room, you wouldn't really know that they're 4-1 and one or 0-5 oh the way they kind of operate. I, I would say that even-keeled expression is, is true, remains there. Kind of starts with Campbell at the top, as we know. But, I mean, they've got enough guys here. You know, some of the veteran offensive linemen. Goff has, you know, won some playoff games. Um, they've got enough guys here that I think they kind of understand, like, you know, we're five games into a season. Like, yeah, we have some success, but got a lot more to accomplish before we're kind of reaching our goal. So, yeah, I'd say the locker room right now is pretty even keeled. And I don't know, what's it been for you watching from afar and you know, seeing the turnaround here and – uh, the I guess the good start they've gotten off to here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like this kind of leads me into the next question because I think that as impressive as the Chiefs win was and the Packers win um, and the Falcons win to kind of a lesser degree, like this was the one for me where I was like, if they're the real deal, like this is the one, everyone's banged up, you're coming off the big win in Green Bay, you've had a couple extra days, Carolina's bad, like you should roll in this game. No matter what, you know, no matter what the 
your starting lineup looks like. You should roll in this game. So this was the one to me. It was like, all right, are they going to backslide a little bit? Are they going to get a little too full of themselves? And then they come out and, uh, you know, after what it was, got to 14 to seven there, and then they kind of took over, um, forcing a couple turnovers and, and, you know, the Ben Johnson uh, double reverse flea flicker and all the, all the fun stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I think that was, that almost to me felt more like turning a corner than other ones, especially Green Bay, because they've done a pretty good number on Green Bay the last couple of years. But this was the one where it was like, all right, you're one of the supposedly at this point, one of the best teams in the league. You're playing the worst team in the league. Let's see it. And I mean, 42, <laughs> 24. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how you felt. Was that just like, was that a game that you were expecting them to roll like that? Or did you think it might get a little dicey? heading in especially because like i said of the injuries and you know taking st brown and gibbs out of the lineup that's pretty significant yeah you know nick and i recorded uh last i think wednesday maybe early thursday that was before we knew like some of the injury news so i think on the last episode we kind of talked about look man like this is one you're supposed to win right kind of some things you said just now like if you are the team that you say you are you got to go out and you got to win these games against an and four panthers team that has not looked good they have not played good football um and so I think going into it, you know, you were kind of hesitant just because of St. Brown. You know, golf's numbers usually when St. Brown doesn't play aren't as good, obviously, when he was your number one receiver there. Um, Gibbs, you know, Brian Branch, who's been such a key piece of this defense um, early on, all those guys missed the game. So it's like, well, I don't know, maybe this is going to be a little closer than people thought. It's not the blowout. People are going to get mad if they only win by one or two points now. Um, but they went out there and they, they dominated. They did what they had to do. 42-24 was the final score. It didn't even feel as close as that, honestly. Um, you know, they're going out here, they're scoring all these touchdowns and defenses, uh, creating turnovers. I think the offense scored 21 points off those three turnovers. So they're playing complimentary football, you know, both sides of the ball getting it done. Um, this looks like a complete football team when you're watching them play and watching them operate out there. So um, I kind of agree with you. Yeah, when you mention, you know, this is a game that kind of reaches a turning point for you. Yeah, if you're expected to win these games and you go out and you do it, then people are going to talk about you differently. So, yeah, this is definitely one that I thought, you know, I guess that Friday you're, you see the injury report, it's getting a little lengthy there. You're like, all right, maybe it's a little close, but they took care of business and that was kind of exactly everything you want to see. Well, it's still it's still pretty lengthy. Um, still. Mean, <laughs> let's see, Laporta's now on there with a calf injury and never uh, a great time. I mean that's what happened with Gibbs I think right he just sort of popped up midweek as a not practice and then it's never a good sign when it's Thursday and suddenly the guy's not out there um yeah I mean uh, another another little long list headed into Tampa Bay um which I- I'm curious to see now this too because not that Baker Mayfield is an elite quarterback but he's a veteran guy he's been around for a while he's playing well that team's playing well you got Lamar the next week in Baltimore um, and so if there's anything in this win streak that you kind of point to and say, well, they, they played Desmond Ritter, who <laughs> was awful in that game. <laughs> um, and yeah. then you get Jordan Love on a short week. You get Bryce Young, who's making his fifth start. Now you got a veteran on the road this week. I mean, from a defense perspective, you mentioned the complimentary football. How convinced are you that this is real and again especially with all the injuries in that secondary um you know just is this is this what you're expecting now a bunch of turnovers pass rushes look better they're still playing the run really well or do you still need to see them against another like geno smith level quarterback to see where they're at 
I mean, at some point you are just with the numbers say, right? Like we have five good weeks of evidence here and it shows the Lions are playing some really good football defensively. Um, I think they're third in rushing defense right now, uh, 68.4 per game. Uh, that's still surprising to me because you yeah. talk to players and <laughs> like they were like, what, 30th last year or something like that. And now all of a sudden they're third and you talk to players and they're like, yeah, we haven't really done a whole lot differently. <laughs> we're just like <laughs> winning our matchups this year and just playing a little bit better. So they don't really have like a one, one answer you can point to. Uh, if I had to talk about that, I would say Ali McNeil is playing sure. some really good football in the interior. Like he looks like he's taking a leap. I'm not big on PFF grades, but he is um, seventh among interior defensive linemen right now. So um, make of that what you will. Uh, Derek Barnes has really stepped up. Um, we have you know heard tidbits here and there from coaches, but they've been saying that for years that he's kind of ready to take to ascend to a different level. So I, I, I kind of want to see it before I believed it. And man, he's playing some excellent football right now. Um, and then a guy like Brian Branch, who is so good in you know pass coverage and against the run. So I think you, you can point to a few players that have contributed to, you know, this better defensive success. Um, but, you know, they got to keep going. Obviously, it's only five weeks, but they're playing some damn good football right now defensively. And I don't know, like, yeah, Baker is not going to light up the world, but he's playing some good football too. And he's got those two receivers. Um, offense is kind of humming. So they can present some problems, especially, you know, you look at their defense. They can – that Tampa defense is legit. So you're not careful on the road. That's definitely when you can lose. But – I do like the way the Lions are playing defensively right now. It's kind of insane that they're this good. I thought they would be better. I was expecting more middle of the pack. I don't know about you, just off of some of the uh, offseason additions. But, man, they're playing some really good football right now. Yeah, I mean, I thought middle of the pack would have been, like, I, as you looked at them going into the season, you're like, okay, if they're middle of the pack, they're a pretty good chance they're going to be a playoff team. Like, that offense With is that good offense. enough. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> if you get up from where you were last year to middle of the pack, I mean, you should be a nine or ten win team at least, you would think. And so to be where they are now, yeah, I mean, it, especially like these last two weeks, winning the turnover battle, getting some timely pressures. I mean, McNeil, I think you're right. That's been, I mean, that that discussion about the need for a guy like that has gone back to when, you know, Sue left Detroit. There just hasn't been a guy in the interior who can disrupt things. And it makes such a difference, not just against the run, which we're seeing, but with the way NFL offenses are built now to get the ball out so quickly, even when you have those elite edge rushers, it's really hard to get to the quarterback if you can't force them to hold it. So you've got to have some guys in the middle that can make things happen. And so him to take that leap has been huge. Um, you mentioned Barnes. I mean, I don't, I mean, some of that too goes back to like the coaches saying, yeah, these guys are going to get better eventually. And you kind of raise an eyebrow at some point of it, like Barnes, um, Will Harris, I think, has been uh, probably as good as he's been since <laughs> he's been in Detroit, frankly, which isn't like that high of a bar, but he's been solid. I mean, and Anzalone is the other one. Like, when I go back to when this coaching staff came in and we first started talking to Aaron Glenn and they brought in Anzalone and he was injured and all this stuff. And they were saying, well, this is, we kind of see in him the type of linebacker we want in this system. And, like I said, you, even then, you're watching his highlights and watching him get knocked around in New Orleans and, and all these things and sort of wondering what they're, what they're seeing that maybe everyone else is in. And now, I mean, he's playing at a pretty high level too. So you have a bunch of guys who have taken that leap kind of at the same time together, which I guess is what you want. I mean, if you're going to bring back, you know, as many pieces as they did from last year's defense, that's what's 
that's really what's got to happen. You've got to have those, especially those young guys, but even those guys like Anzalone who are, you know, coming off a couple injury seasons and getting into a new system, you've got to have those guys take the leap. So, yeah, I mean, I <laughs> I am curious to see what it looks like um, against those wide receivers, like you mentioned in Tampa Bay and then against Baltimore. But it, it does feel more sustainable than it has, and especially because of that run defense. I mean, Carolina was the one last year. I mean, we know what the field was and the conditions were, but that was horrible last year. They couldn't tackle anyone. 320 yeah. rushing yards allowed. Yeah, what did they get this week, 99. So... I don't know, man. Not bad. <laughs> That's a pretty big turnaround. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I, and then we talked about the offense a little bit too. Um, just sort of being able to do that without – I mean, St. Brown's your – I think Dan Campbell said – was it Campbell who said this week Josh Reynolds might be their most reliable guy? Somebody said something like that this week. Yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> but you take St. I mean, I think you could make a pretty good case that it's – St. Brown and then Gibbs obviously is a dynamic piece in that backfield offensive line still banged up so again you're kind of wondering all right well how's this going to look and then the first drive they go whatever it was 75 yards in three plays and Montgomery breaks off a 40 yarder and it all clicks pretty well um and you wrote this week uh that the next step here for the Lions might be the Jared Goff contract extension. So I wanted to make sure people read that on the site, but also just get your thoughts on that because it's been such an evolving conversation for, you know, two plus years now. Like, is he the placeholder? Is he the guy? Is he something in the middle? Um, What's your post week five stance, I guess, at this point? Yeah, man. I mean, like the more he plays like this, I just don't see a way that these two like don't, come to some sort of agreement like the two sides here like he was excellent against the Panthers didn't need to do a ton but he's still very efficient he was 20 28 236 three touchdowns another one on the ground um you know PFF again don't love the grades but he's their number one ranked quarterback right now like you're kind of looking around I saw like he was a little bit in the MVP discussion I'm just like man like he's playing some damn good football right now And and like the more he plays like this I just don't see a way that they don't come to some sort of agreement um like long-term. And I know that's always been the question. Um, you know, we see this, this sort of bridge guy or, you know, you wrote a story, I think when he first got here about, you know, what if this thing works? Well, it's working now yeah. and we're going to have to get a, an answer to that uh, later down the road about how they actually feel about him. Um, but man, like the way that he's leading this offense, he looks so comfortable. He's in command. The guys are rallying around him. They talk about him like he's their leader um, and it's all coming together. Like they're 12 and three in their last 15 games with him on her center. Um, you know, he's putting up these pro bowl numbers and, you know, it's, I, I don't really know where you turn if you, you know, don't have him in your future. Like I know they drafted Henry Hooker in the third round, but I think we're still years away from finding out what he can actually be in this league. He's not even healthy right now. Um, it's hard to, you know, I, I think golf is under contract through the 2024 season. Um, so normally when you have a quarterback, you want to get a deal done before then. So, you know, maybe that's this off season. Maybe you try to see what he's like, you know, the rest of the season. Um, maybe they do wait until he's a free agent and kind of just figure out like, Hey, Ben Johnson might not be here long-term. <laughs> what if he leaves and gets a coaching job? That's a question. Cause those two are sort of, you know, combined at the hip and you just look at them and you know what they've been able to do. And it's, it's great for the Lions offense, but, there are still long-term questions like what, who's the next guy? Is it, you know, Tanner Angstrom? 
Is it uh, Scotty Montgomery? Um, you know, who's the next OC? Is it on staff, not on staff? And how is that guy going to mesh with golf to get the results that Ben Johnson has? So I do think there are questions. Um, you know, how much do you pay him? All that stuff. I imagine he wants more than Daniel Jones yeah. and the 40 mil that he got. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, there are questions that remain. But, I mean, again, you watch the way that he's been playing right now. And it's, again, I can't really envision a future that isn't between these two sides. Yeah, I mean, he's still only, he'll be 29 this week. So you're still thinking you're getting, like, I mean, he said, I think after the Packers game, like, uh, on, it might have been on the NFL Network uh interview or Amazon Prime, whatever station that's on now. Um, <laughs> like, I, you know, I still think I'm, I'm just getting into my prime. And if you're paying for that and believe that there's, you know, this is going to continue for another four, five, six years, then certainly that's a different price tag. I mean, that's the, the challenge is, and it's a little different than when the Lions drafted Stafford back before there was the rookie, you know, draft slotting and all that, because that sort of what they ran into for a while there with having all the, you know, Stafford and Sue and Calvin Johnson and all those high draft picks is that the rookie contracts were massive. And then when they came up for extensions, it was either pay those guys or like pay the rest of the roster. Um, it's not quite as tough now, but still you're talking about tacking on, you know, another four or five years, whatever it is of, of golf at probably a top five, top 10 quarterback contract when he signs it and then you also have to think about like Sewell and St. Brown and you know eventually Laporta and all those like all these young guys that are on their rookie contracts for the most part and I think that is where it gets tricky I don't know do you like how do you weigh finding a quarterback on a you know a rookie contract or a cheap deal versus just making sure you can lock down the guy who's been doing it for you is there I, I, like, how concerned are you that signing Goff would cost them someone else who's been a big part of this? Yeah, it's definitely part of the discussion. I mean, that's a problem that a lot of teams with good quarterbacks are dealing with. Um, you know, the percentage of the cap is probably going to matter more than, you know, just average annual value going forward. But um, how much percent of the cap do you want Goff taking up? How does that limit you re-signing a lot of your other guys? Because the problem with the one downside of drafting really talented players that you have to find ways to pay those talented players down the road. So like they're, they're getting that part right, but we'll see how they kind of navigate those waters down the road. But I mean, yeah, you mentioned it. Sewell's going to get a fortune. <laughs> like I, I tweeted out last week that, you know, he's a 22 year old uh, captain pro bowler, like literally still 22 as of last week, just turned 23, I believe on Monday. So He's going to get a fortune. Um, Aiden's going to get a fortune the way he's playing. He looks like one of the best edges in football right now. He leads the NFL in pressures. Um, that's a guy that's going to command a big contract down the road. Jonah Jackson's probably the next guy up. Um, you know, he's a free agent after this season. Um, and with that offensive line, how much they're already paying them, you kind of look ahead and you're like, well, how are they going to find a way to keep all these guys? Maybe, maybe Jonah's like the odd man out and they try to go cheaper at, at guard. You know, that's. You never know. Um, but, yeah, as you're kind of looking around, like St. Brown is going to be due for some money. Like Aleem, the way he's playing, is going to be due for some money. So they do have to carve out some space. Um, you know, how much golf makes and how much he wants to maybe take a hometown discount. We'll see. Uh, maybe that will allow them to kind of keep some of those guys around. But, yeah, I mean, when you don't have an elite quarterback, like a Patrick Holmes, a Josh Allen, one of those guys, um, <clears throat> and you have a quarterback like Goff that can help you win games, but he isn't sort of the guy that can make up for other stuff, like when you're other deficiency elsewhere. 
And he's a guy that needs so much structure around him, a good offensive line, good good playmakers that he can kind of distribute the ball to, keep the offense humming. If you don't have that, how is he going to look? So that's sort of the, the question and kind of the balance there. They got to weigh all that out. And um, I'll tell you what, I don't. I'm I'm glad I'm not Brad Holmes. I'm glad I'm not the one making those decisions down the road. But they're coming, and they're coming fast. Yeah, I, the hometown discount thing is fans always yell for players to take hometown discounts they almost never it take almost hometown never discounts. <laughs> but i do wonder yeah. in this particular case if it might be a real thing because golf's been on the other side of it where he's been highly paid in a terrible situation that he was miserable and then he came <laughs> yeah. here and now he's played his way i mean like really this is and i i mean i've said this before i think it's been talked about before but just in terms of both in the context of detroit sports and like the nfl in general this is a pretty damn good redemption arc like i think to go from where he was at the start like replacing stafford and like does he even want does he want to be here do they have any use for him to this where he's like one of the guys they built around i mean is pretty incredible so i do wonder if he would be not so much a hometown discount but just if maybe more willing to sort of tweak it the way that the Lions used to, like with Stafford in the middle of a season, like set up the contract so it helps you maintain the roster. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to see that. I also think (laughs) you keep mentioning Ben Johnson. Um, I mean, I guess that's a subplot too. Where's he going to land? Is Goff going to want to go with him? (laughs) Like, is that something you (laughs) got to think about down the road? If, if, if next year he leaves and then, this doesn't look as good as he, oh, I got to get back with my guy. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Jonah, uh, I don't know. That's a t- I think that's an interesting one because I, he's so good. And for what they, where they drafted him, um, you know, and I guess some credit to the previous staff for that one, but um, he's, he's so good. And I think that that's tough because I, I think some of the trick, is going to be finding like who, as you mentioned, with who's going to get squeezed out. Like who's the Hawkinson here? Who's a guy that has some value maybe that you could move, and then bring in a Laporta, and you're not paying him as much, but he still works, and in some ways works a lot better within the con- the constructs of your system. I don't know that they would be able to do that with Jackson, where you're going out and drafting someone and plugging him in and having him play like that. I think Jackson's way too good to think that you could do that. But I don't know. Like, at what point do you – maybe it's probably already happening in the front office, but how do you go about making those decisions? I mean, um, do you think – like, I assume Sewell, St. Brown, those other guys you mentioned, we would think that those are the priorities, right? Like, (laughs) Sewell's not going to take a contract elsewhere and – three years and be out of here i, I wouldn't you're not think. letting that dude hit the market yeah <laughs> i don't think you can right so yeah I, mean, I don't know but then i then you get into that kind of hesitate to even call jackson a second tier on this roster because like i said he has been so good but i guess if you're if sewell's your bar he's probably right he's probably below that but um i don't know i mean you gotta you're gonna have to figure this out at some point because and Rag now obviously got a big contract recently. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting moving forward. I guess that's a good. It's one of those good problems to have, right? Like they haven't had those problems before, so um, I don't know. I mean, you still get the sense that Goff like is digging this, right? That he's 
he, he seems like he's yeah. all in on this and on this franchise yeah. and this this team and everything. No, yeah, and I, I think the point you made about just his situation, I don't know how many teams in the NFL would cater their entire offense to Jared Goff. Like, no offense to him, but I just, <laughs> you know, you just never know. The Lions have that in place. Like, they've done that for him. They've shown him, we're going to work with you, we're going to maximize your strengths, and we're going to get the best out of this offense and, and your skill set. And so I think when you look at his situation, what he's been through, you know, had a coach in Sean McVay that just dumped him on someone else and said, hey, sorry, I don't want to play with you anymore. Drops the toy in the ground, you know, and then picks up Stafford. Right. Uh, you know, that's tough. And, like, that's a narrative that continues to follow him, even as well as he's playing today. And I think that probably irritates him a little bit. Like, he's human too. But um, if he were to go somewhere else and it's not as, you know, great of a situation and people are blaming him for, you know, a team's bad play or whatever, like, that's going to be an even tougher situation. So I think the fact that he's got a good thing going in, in Detroit, he's got – you know, locker room that rallies around him, that thinks that he's their guy um, and supports him in that light, you know, that's a hard thing to pass up, especially the older he gets. Um, you know, you don't want to restart somewhere else and have to go through a rebuild or whatever situation he finds himself potentially out of Detroit. Um, you know, he's got a good thing in place with a team that's kind of built to win now. So I do think the two sides will find a way to come to an agreement. The question is how many years, how much money, obviously. Um, I don't know if they try to go like a, Geno Smith type contract, like a shorter, shorter deal, but maybe, you know, high AAV, maybe like a three year, $140 million contract. I imagine golf's going to want a little bit more security than that, but you know, that's probably going to be a little bit, little bit of the back and forth there and probably using like the Derek Carr contract and Daniel Jones as a floor, a baseline for what he wants. And then I could see him getting into that 45 to $50 million range, depending on the the years there. But um, yeah, we'll see. That's a question for down the road. And <laughs> You know, I don't think golf is too concerned right now. He's playing some good football. The team's humming along, and you know he's feeling pretty good. Do you think they're still there being Brad Holmes in the front, you know, Disner and front office and all those guys? Do you think that they're still in the evaluation phase at all with golf? Because they're again, not to be unfair to golf or to like you just mentioned how <laughs> he kind of got tossed to the curb, but he's sort of creeping into the same situation he was in in L.A., where you have a team that looks competitive and at some point you have to ask the question okay well is their quarterback good enough to win a super bowl right i mean if this thing stays on track i don't want to get ahead of myself when they're four and one like we've seen things fall apart here but at some point if this keeps going on its current trajectory that's the question you got to ask so do you think that they are still trying to figure out if he's that guy is that what this season's for is that what you know the next month and a half are four or do you think that they're already set on okay we want him here let's figure out what it's going to take to ha- make that happen yeah it, it's it's tough because you hear brad say you know we never viewed him as a bridge quarterback um you know talked about his time together in la and just genuinely like hypes that dude up every chance he gets which is good to see that's what you want from your gm and your quarterback and head coach relationship um but i do think there's still maybe some you know, let's see what you, you know, the NFL is always like, what have you done for me lately league? So I do think there's some of that lingering, like, you know, how does he perform in the playoffs? Uh, if the Lions get there, which it looks like they will this year, um, can he lead them far this year with the team currently built? You know, we'll see in the NFC, there are some two, te- two teams probably ahead of them right now in the 49ers and Eagles. But um, I do think they've kind of proven they can compete with just about any team in this league just over the last 15 games or so. Um, so I do think there will be some questions about, you know, how does golf look? But 
I don't know, man. Like everyone, I, and I talk to other people around the league and that cover different teams, and they ask me about golf all the time. Like, what's his situation? He's just like a Ben Johnson disciple, right? Like that's the only reason why he's good, right? Like those are the questions I get all the time. Yeah, and I try to tell people, like, look, man, golf is good. Like if you've been watching these games, he's making some tight window throws. He's attempting some like off platform throws I haven't seen him make even last year, and he's like hitting them like in these tiny windows. And you're like, yeah, man, like golf can play. This isn't just Ben Johnson out there on the field throwing it around. So, you know, I, I get though I get the questions, but I do think he's kind of proven capable of rising above narratives. And, you know, if the other thing is like this franchise does not want a playoff game in 32 years. So you can't really compare it to like every other situation out there. Some people are like, well, if they give golf an extension, they become kind of the Vikings, how they were, you know, stuck with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a pretty damn good quarterback. I mean, you could do worse than Kirk Cousins a lot of the time. It's can you continue to build a team around a guy like that? So, um, but I think the Lions situation is different just because <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll take a playoff win this year, right? Gonna, like, well, that's kind of win like, one. Even that, even to put it in that context, is kind of crazy too. Because like six months ago, if you told Lions fans like you could have a Kirk Cousins situation with Minnesota, like, oh, all right. We're gonna win the division every other year and like get to the have a shot at we'll the take it. Super Bowl and <laughs> like yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And now all of a sudden I mean I, I think it's I think you should be looking beyond that, especially what how it's gone with cousins, you know, and, and that team in general. I mean, last year obviously they had a really good year, but two years before that were a struggle. They're not playing well now, but um yeah, I mean, I don't think that that I think that that you're right that that's uh, to use that as sort of like the derogatory comment is not necessarily <laughs> fair to what the Vikings have been either. So, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with you there. Uh, it, it's I just think fascinating to see this all unfold the last couple of years. Yeah, I just think the way we look at quarterbacks, like it's it's we it's such a harsh way to talk about. Like, I know it's so it's such an important position, but like. Some people are like, if you don't have like a top six quarterback, then you're screwed. Like you're never going to win anything. And I'm like, I don't think that's the case. You look at a team like the 49ers, the way they're built, they're built kind of similarly to the, to the Lions in terms of the running run scheme, Iowa tight ends, you know, a quarterback that you can get the most out of with a good good coach in place, you know, like a good defense. There are way, different ways to win in this league. It doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes taking you to Super Bowl every year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Lions are looking to do it their way. Uh, Brad Holmes made it clear it's easier to get worse at quarterback than just to get better. And I think that gets lost in the sauce a little bit too much. So, you know, I look at the line situation. I think they're in a good spot right now. They're happy. They're comfortable with golf. And, um, you know, they're winning games. So that's that's all that matters. We'll see how far he can take them ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point because I think, I mean, Mahomes is kind of on another level. There's maybe like, I don't even know how many quarterbacks in the entire league, like Josh Allen, Mahomes. They're like three or four Burrow, of them. Burrow, probably. Who's, yeah. who's that? Burrow, oh, probably. Burrow, yeah. Burrow. I mean, there's like, there's not that many of them. Um, I think that that's a good point that you're not only looking for, I mean, maybe every once in a while you find a guy like that, but I think it's just as hard to find the right guy for the right system. And Lions fans saw that too, like way back when the Lions brought in. Uh, Joe Lombardi and then Matthew Stafford like forgot how to play quarterback for a year and a half like <laughs> you still need to have the system that works with your quarterback and that that can be almost as hard to find as as anything else and we're seeing that I mean you mentioned Purdy but like Tua like if he's in another system I don't think we're seeing that Jalen Hurts probably maybe the same thing I mean some of these guys that if they're not in something where they're comfortable 
um, it's just not going to work. And so to have that mix, and again, that brings you back to, well, is Ben Johnson going to be here? What happens when he's not? I don't know <laughs> what the answer is to that, and that's part of this. But right now, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, it's hard to really imagine this thing moving forward without Goff because of how well it's working with him. Are you surprised by kind of the 180 that even the fan base has done with golf? Because when I first got on the beat, people were ready to run him out of town, yeah. <laughs> draft a young quarterback, Bryce or CJ. And now, like, looking at the comments of my story that I wrote, they're, like, all in on him, it seems. Yeah, I mean, I said, uh, like, I can't, I really can't even, like, I, I was trying to think of something to even compare it to where it's just like, oh, this we got this guy, and then <laughs> he becomes your guy. Like, I just can't. It's such a unique circumstance that I, I really don't remember a player just like digging him out, <laughs> digging himself out of a hole like that. And not even that a hole that he created. It just like, like you said, he kind of got dropped into it. Um, and I don't really remember a player kind of just winning everyone's hearts like that. Uh, and, and obviously, you know, it, it can be fickle and change. Like you said, if they fall apart now or if they go in the playoffs and he throws five picks, then you have different conversations. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's been crazy to see. And I think <laughs> to your point about Holmes, they've and that was part of why I wrote that article in the first place when Goff got here because they were saying, like, we're going to see what happens, but, like, he's a good quarterback, guys. He knows how to win games. We'll figure this out with him. And everyone was like, nah, come on, man. <laughs> Who's your next guy? Like, who do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and they were telling us all along, like, we think this can work with him. And so I guess it just, no one wanted to believe it until now. Yeah. I mean, I, look, when I first got to Lions Beat, I had heard the narratives about golf, and I was willing to give him a chance. I think one of the first stories I wrote was just looking at his second half of the 2021 season and, like, it's like, oh, wow, you go get a Josh Reynolds, a guy that he's comfortable with. You get, you let St. Brown do his thing over the second half of the season. Like, it's crazy what happens to a quarterback when you put talent around him. He gets better. <laughs> like, shocking <laughs> right. news, breaking news there. Um, but I do think what he's been able to do in the system is, you know, nothing short of remarkable. His story, the turnaround. If the Lions end up winning something of value this year, like, I think the, that's when the national, you know, narrative around golf will start to change. Because I still, again, I still get questions about, whether he's the guy or not, but um, I think if he wins a playoff game here and that'll, you know, fans will be happy, probably shed some tears there. Um, maybe you try, you try to find that sweet spot for a contract and all of a sudden he's your guy and you try to win with him as long as possible and, you know, keep the wheels turning if, if Ben Johnson leaves. So some questions for sure with golf, but uh, again, all things considered, have to like the start he's gone off to really, he's got a year and a half of football, you know, at this level that we've seen basically. So um, you could do far worse than a quarterback like Jerry Goff, and they're winning with him. So um, that's kind of the bottom line here. Uh, running short on time in our abbreviated Baumgartner list podcast here. So real <laughs> quick, just your expectations. We touched on it a little bit, but your expectations for this week. Tampa Bay's 3-1. and one. That defense has played well. Uh, what do you think happens down there? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Branch won't be able to go, so that's another you know piece defensively you won't have. But – and Laporta, we'll see with the calf injury, but I, I still think the Lions have enough to get it done. That's a good defense over there. Um, but again, I I wasn't expecting the Buccaneers to be a good team before the season started, and they're kind of gotten off to a good start, but they haven't played a ton of teams that I'm like, you know, super impressed by. So I think this is the game the Lions should win, and 
they do they go out there and they, they play their brand of football they should get it done well, i uh am expecting just from being in tampa when they were not good that's going to be another one where you're taking photos of how many blue shirt blue jerseys yeah. are in the stands oh yeah there's going to be a lot be of there. lions fans there so uh that should be fun to watch um colton thanks for letting me sub in this week glad nick's feeling better how, how do you guys sign off now? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even remember how you. I don't know. Nick usually handles. <laughs> All right. It, well, <laughs> thanks to work. everyone for listening. Make sure to follow Colton. Find his stuff. I mentioned the golf stories up right now on theathletic.com. Uh, check out his coverage for Tampa Bay this week too. So, uh, for Nick and Colton, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening, and they'll talk to you soon. <laughs>